the Milwaukee Brewers. I, I wish I could have been in the conversation with you guys. I think it was on Monday of who was the greater loss for the Brewers. It was at Hunter Renfro, Willie Adamas, and then it was with Freddie Peralta. Was Correct. It? I I think the major blow, and I want to give my two cents because I was, you know, I was busy hiking and in parks and sweating my ass off and whatever. But Rowdy, it's got to be Willie Adams or Hunter Renfro or the combination of both. The Brewers are able to find ways to combat the absence of Freddie Peralta, right? It's, it's got to be poll, the offense. Ben voted for Hunter Renfro. I voted for Willie Adams, and I think Freddie Peralta won the the vote. It's 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 got to be. Look, I would vote Willie Adams in all of this because. If you go back to last year, what he did for the Milwaukee Brewers, he's been absolutely incredible. So I would vote Willie Adamas, then Hunter Renfro, and then I would debate on Freddie Peralta. He wouldn't even be on my first two, obviously. But Rowdy, look at Aaron Ashby last night or yesterday afternoon. Aaron Ashby was electric on the mound. There's a reason why they had that you know that expanded rotation, right, for a, a terrible situation like this, protecting some arms, right? Yeah, and not not only did um, Aaron Ashby throw a really good game yesterday. I think it's even more impressive the fact that he's kind of been used as that sixth man in the rotation, but he's also been a guy coming out of the bullpen. So he wouldn't necessarily be quote unquote as stretched out Mm -hmm. as he normally would be, but he still gave you five plus innings yesterday against San Diego, which by the way, San Diego, a pretty good hitting uh, team against left-handers. Aaron Ashby shut him down. Yeah, they, the, both teams combined for what was it? Nine, eight hits, nine hits, whatever it was. Bo- both teams combined for a low number of hits, pretty much every single game. So the, Bre- the Brewers won two out of three, and it wasn't like it was because they were hitting the ball all over the park. No, I mean it was what Rowdy Telez. We had a we had a RBI double from Rowdy Telez in the sixth, and then you had Tyrone Taylor, who's been pretty hot. Uh, Rowdy, you know these past couple of days here, and that's that's one of the big things too. We were talking a lot of Tyrone Taylor on Monday before yeah. the series started, giving Tyrone Taylor a lot of love about how basically Lorenzo Cain is uh, past his prime and on the on the tail end of his career, and and There's no doubt about Tyrone that. Taylor is the man now for center field, and we were really pumping that up for a while, and then yeah, this series really came to fruition that uh, Tyrone Taylor take. Well, Rowdy's more evidence that everyone listens to the show. Tyrone Taylor. I, I'm sure you were pumping him up more than Ben was, correct? I would say so. Yeah, so more evidence that everyone listens to the ben show. Ben was more or less just trying to compare Jackie Bradley Jr.'s season last year to Lorenzo Cain's this year. What not Low Cain worse? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty similar, but it's like splitting hairs. Yeah. Well, you know, the Brewers, of the, not everyone be, can be clicking on all Do you summers. remember in 2020 what, what the fun of that when we had absolutely nothing going on and we were waiting for baseball season to start and they kicked it back to late July and they had the summer camp and all of a sudden it was like you had your known guys like the Yelich's of the world who was coming off of his kneecap. You had uh, Lorenzo Cain and they had added a couple players, but they had a really good deep outfield. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, one of the guys that was randomly invited to summer camp was Tyrone Taylor. Yeah. And you're like, who the hell is this guy? Corey Ray was one of the big prospects that was sitting around. Wasn't Tyrone the FedEx guy? He was the guy that would apply to FedEx because he didn't think he would make the quote-unquote summer camp team. And the call he got, he thought it was FedEx calling him back to say he got the job, right? So I was giving his routes. I was pretty hesitant about Tyrone Taylor in 2020 because he wasn't a big prospect. He wasn't a guy that really, you know, busted onto the scene in anything where he was like super good in, in minor league baseball. Right. Yeah. He's just so, so, but he showed enough to the Brewers to get invited to that camp and then tore it up. 
ended up playing decently well, and they're like, oh, this guy's got a real shot at making the team next year. And then obviously the rest is history. Tyrone Taylor made the team, and that was when I think it was around – Midsummer is when I really started to buy in on uh, Tyrone Taylor yeah, last dude. year. Hell and yeah. by if you remember by September where Christian Yelich was really, really bad after that three week stretch in August, uh-huh. I was calling for Tyrone Taylor yeah, to be totally, the starting yeah, totally. left fielder. He, he's proven that over the last two years, he's the man, well, I guess one plus year. He's arguably been outside of Hunter Renfro this year and Avisel Garcia last year. Two of which, Avisel Garcia had a, had a career year last year. Yeah, oh yeah. And Hunter Renfro currently, before the injury, was on pace to have a career year. Was arguably their best outfielder. Yeah. Both, both if you look at it combined defensively and offensively. Because Lorenzo Cain has been horrific offensively. He's, he's, he's brutal. But still better defensively. And then Christian Yelich was God awful, both defensively and offensively last year. And this year he's kind of been up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Lorenzo, uh, Rowdy, Lorenzo Kane. I like Lorenzo Kane. Rowdy likes Lorenzo Kane. But here's the thing. I also know what father time does. Father time remains undefeated. Low Kane. He's retiring after this year, right? Is it You'd have husband? to imagine. I mean, he looks like a guy that's just barely holding on, but. I mean, Tyrone Taylor, I think if you plugged and played him every single day, I think he's a guy that bat 240 to 250 and have 15 to 20 home runs. And depending on where he hit in the lineup would be uh, how many RBIs he'd have. All right, so um, Tyrone Taylor, what a story, by the way, and, and something we just said a little offhanded. But, yeah, Tyrone Taylor a couple of years ago literally didn't think he would be on a Major League Baseball team. He had applied for to FedEx to be a FedEx guy. And now that's a little misleading just because – Major League Baseball Correct. didn't have minor leagues that year because he clearly would have been in AAA. Yes, but, but they didn't have the it. reason was they only got to keep so many guys for that alternate spring training where they wanted to also give some of the some of the higher uh, the higher respected yeah. prospects more of the opportunity and some of your higher end AAA guys that would probably be like what I would consider quadruple a players. And you, you can't forget. They also had draft picks where maybe they wanted their first round pick to go and hang out at the alternate site just to get working out. Cause remember in 2020, I think we were the very first people to interview any Milwaukee brewer um, draft picks. Totally. And the guy that we got to come on the show is Joey Weimer. Who's been uh, just tearing it up. He's now the number two overall prospect. Yep. Uh, he was calling us from his parents Porch, his porch sitting outside waiting porch. to go hit with his high school uh coach because everything was, was put on Michigan? hold yeah he was in Michigan. Michigan didn't know what was happening just said well I'm gonna keep going to batting practice every day now he's absolutely tearing it up totally but yeah Tyrone Taylor took it and ran since 2020 yeah Tyrone Taylor I just and remember everyone being in love with Corey Ray yeah <laughs> where is he still triple a yeah. still getting older by the year 20 he's my age 27 I was gonna say 26 he's getting pretty old to be hanging out in triple a every year yeah Tyrone Taylor though who has been the Man for the Brewers these past couple of uh, days here. Listen, um, right here. Tyrone Taylor thought he'd be working for FedEx in September. Instead, he's working for the Brewers. So he, when he got the call to come to the crew, he literally thought, because it wasn't a number he recognized, he literally thought it was the local FedEx facility he had applied for to give him his, to say, hey, you got the job and give him his route. Instead, it was David Stearns on the other side say, hey, how'd you like to be a Milwaukee Brewer? What a story. And look at him now. I mean, Tyrone Taylor, huge yesterday. And that's a huge win for the Brewers, Rowdy, up there, out there in San Diego. That's this is their longest. He has six ro- RBIs. Yeah, he's insane. This is their longest road trip of the season, and the Brewers now uh, getting off on the good foot. 
Taking two out of uh, three over the San Diego, the fathers. There wasn't a ton of hits and there wasn't a ton of runs scored for the Milwaukee Brewers in this series. I mean, if you look at what the Brewers did in three games, yes, they took two out of three from the Padres, but they only scored eight runs. Tyrone Taylor, he, he, he was the guy that came in there and was responsible for six out of those eight. Crazy. A guy who was going to be doing a FedEx route to being the hero for the Milwaukee Brewers, and this is what we've seen. Remember when they made their way to the NLC, uh, the NLCS against the the dot? There's always guys stepping up that you didn't think would step up along the way. Now Tyrone Taylor, I think we can he can step up at times, but this is just another another situation for Brewers players who, in moments, in weeks, maybe a couple days, step up and carry the Brewers for a little bit till someone else does it. And again. I think the other side of the baseball diamond here you have to talk about not only the the fielders because we talked about how Tyrone Taylor really stepped up in the series obviously they were missing Willie Adamas yep. obviously they're missing Hunter Renfro yep. like those Josh are two, still gone yeah by those them, are two big bats but on the other side of the diamond I think you got to shout out Devin Williams looked like old Devin Williams three days the in a row Devin Williams. three days in a row pitching Boxberger was all right and I mean, Trevor Gott continues to throw the ball really well, and those yeah. three guys really hammered down the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. And yeah. like you said, the fact that Craig Council even allowed Devin Williams to pitch three days in a row blows my mind. Well, I think it's because they're out in California; they're trying to. And I think it's because he knows they needed that series win. Well, that rowdy, and I think also because they're in California, right, San Diego? They're in California. I think the they hammer down on the use of plastics more. Well, unless it's injected or you know put in your body and in your face. But when it comes to plastics, rowdy, I think they don't have the bubble the bubble wrap brand that council likes to put on his pitchers. So he couldn't find the bubble wrap. Therefore, Devin Williams was able to pitch three days in a row. We talk about all the Brewers won two out of three, but they were, they were damn close to winning all three games. Cause Monday night, the Milwaukee Brewers had bases loaded twice and could not find one single run. Mm. I came in and, and talked to Ben on Tuesday and I go, I, I know it's not true, but, but I've been watching the Brewers for a very long time, 20 plus years now at this point. I swear to God, the Brewers are the only team that can do that. Have bases loaded with no outs multiple times and not <laughs> score a single run only to lose a close game in which they were two for 13 hitting with runners in scoring position. And the reason why they lost is because the Padres were three for 13. (laughs) They had that one extra hit. Both teams left a ton of guys on base. Yeah. Both teams had opportunities. The Padres found a way to win. Brewers found a way to lose, but Brewers won two straight after that. Love it. The man, the myth, the legend himself, Rob Reichel, Forbes.com, Conley media, Robbie. What's up, brother? What did you do? Just go talk a little minor league baseball? A little Northwoods League action, Robbie. The Madison Mallards, their manager, Donnie Scott, and opening day is Monday. If you want to come down and party in the duck line with me, feel free. Outstanding. I'm going to have to circle that. Yeah. You you and I have to make that... uh a priority this summer. And Rob, no if we fun. do, if we get a little too loaded, here's the thing: we can walk back to my house. I'm very close to the uh, ballpark, and you can stay on the same couch that the likes of Amon Green has stayed. The Packers' all-time leading rusher who slept on my couch <laughs> twice. You could sleep there, Rob. How about that for a, a nice little couch buddies? That would be absolutely <laughs> outstanding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's up, Robbie? How you been, man? What's good? Well, you know, the the boys are back in Green Bay. They're getting after it a little bit anyways, and no pads quite yet. But, uh, you know, there, 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 there's certainly some things you can glean and glimpse from 
from watching this stuff in May. It's nothing like watching it in July and August, yeah. but but at least at least it's a starter point, right? So yeah, OTAs. And I see some people freaking out that Rogers isn't there. It's like okay, we're gonna do the same song and dance every year about this, but it gives an opportunity for Jordan Love to shine a little more. And we were talking about this earlier, Robbie. It's like I asked Rowdy and RJ who was in here earlier and myself. Do you feel bad for Jordan Love? And, Rowdy, real quick for Rob, we both said we initially kind of did. Yeah, quick recap on that, Rob, as quick as I can. Felt bad for him initially with Aaron Rodgers, you know, in the the fingers of tequila to having missing practices and OTAs due to COVID protocols and not, you know, getting as many reps. But last year, he got more reps than you would ever imagine because he did play in preseason, though it was shortened with some injury, bugs, whatever. But he got an entire middle of the season where – one, Rodgers was out with COVID, so he started a game. He got a half against the Lions. And then we forget that Rodgers had a toe where we he wasn't even hardly practicing. And he showed up to camp late where they even had to sign extra arms like Blake Bortles just to throw footballs. Do you feel bad for him, Robbie? Well, it's certainly been a roller coaster, guys. I mean, it, it hasn't been an ideal learning situation for him since he got there. I mean, there's been more drama, let's face it, in Green Bay the last 24 months, like you guys touched on, obviously starting with COVID and then all the Rogers nonsense um, that a backup would have to sit through. I mean, it's certainly more than Rogers ever went through in his three years that, that he was, he was backing up Brett Favre. I mean, guys, I just wrote that story yesterday, posted it this morning um, about, you know, this, it, it, it is really fascinating guys, you know, loves entering year three. He's done virtually nothing. He remains a large question mark you know, to the fan base, to the organization. A lot of people have already labeled them bust, which, which I think is premature and it's early and it's unfair. We, we've got to see a little bit more. Don't, don't forget this guy is just 23. But, guys, a flashback to the summer of 2007, if you would, 15 years ago today, and, and everybody was asking the exact same questions about Aaron Charles Rogers. Um, you know, can he, can he eventually be the guy to replace Brett Favre? I mean, in 05 and 06, Guys, Rodgers had showed absolutely nothing. His passer rating those two years in his brief time on the field when he came in for Favre, the, his rookie year was 39, his second year was 48. And and everybody said, guys, I, I remember talking to scouts, um, you know, prior to the 07 season that said, boy, th- this guy's a bust. The Packers blew it. You know, that even though it, even though he fell to 24, Green Bay should should have taken a corner. Green Bay should have taken a wide receiver. Green Bay should have taken a defensive lineman. Anybody other than Rodgers. And then, guys, Rodgers made this remarkable jump in kind of that in that summer of 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 '07. He got a chance to play a couple times when when Favre went down. Most significantly, people remember the the, the Thursday night game against Dallas where he came in and and almost led the Packers back to a win. And and after the '07 season, guys, when you know, Favre was back on the on, on the waffle bubble again. You know, internally, Green Bay felt fine. They said, all right, if Favre leaves, we're good. Um, now, hey, the Packers, you know, the Packers won the lottery in back-to-back situations with Favre and Rodgers. The odds that they've done it again here with Jordan Love are, are remarkably slim. But they've built a football team, guys, that when Aaron Rodgers eventually does go away, it's a run-first team that's going to try to win games with defense. And if they can get a quarterback – somewhere even between 12 and 15 in the league, um, they're going to win a lot of football games. Love's not there yet. This is a huge offseason for him. This is a huge portion um, of, of, of the work schedule for him right now in May 
where he gets these reps and he gets this time when Rodgers is away and he's got to show a lot and he's got to make a major jump from, like you said, Nelly, those games against the Chiefs and the Lions last year where he didn't, uh, you know, particularly win anybody over. They haven't given up on him yet, guys. Um, a lot of scouts still felt he, he would have been the first quarterback taken, guys, mm-hmm. in this particular draft of, of 2022. So it's, it, it's way too early to wave the white flag, but he faces probably the most critical, you know, stretch of his career right now coming up. So Rob Reischel joining us right now. Follow him on Twitter at Rob Reischel, Conley Media, Forbes, Forbes.com, excuse me, as well. So, Rob, uh, something that the quarterback throws the ball to, the wide receivers, I see another story that you got. Uh, always an incredible read with my guy, Robbie. Most people believe the Packers are one of the worst wide receiver groups in the NFL, and you said that Randall Cobb's response, I really don't care. Does Aaron Rodgers make the wide receiver? Could Jordan Love make the wide receiver? I don't know about that. But does Aaron Rodgers make the wide receiver, Robbie? And is this the weakest position then? For the Green Bay Packers? Oh, there, there's no doubt it's the weakest position on the roster. And it, it's at this point, guys, it's, it's not even close. And especially when you factor in the tight end group as well, where there's, there's a lot of questions there, either, either with injury to Tunyon, age to Mercedes Lewis, or, or just unknown and unproven guys backing, you know, backing both of them up. So really the, the, the entire group of pass catchers, guys, undoubtedly is, is far and away the, the weakest spot on the roster. This is a really good football team um, at, at the overwhelming majority of, of positions. It, it should be a top three or a top five defense. You've got a you know, back-to-back MVP winner at, at quarterback. They should have a top 10 or 12 offensive line. The running back group is you know, probably going to be in the top five in football. But, guys, you, you can't win a Super Bowl. Uh, I, I just don't think in today's modern NFL – where the game is is dictated and predicated by you know big plays, home runs, um, you know winning uh, through the air, not on the ground. Uh, you, you can't win like the 2000 Baltimore Ravens did, guys. Um, and and that's an all-time defense that that had a, a journeyman quarterback, for example, and and a bunch of huckleberries at wide receiver. <laughs> Tampa Bay won it the same way a few years later with an all-time defense and. And, and, and really, a, 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 again, a journeyman quarterback there in Brad Johnson and, 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 and just some guys at, at wide receiver. It's, it's really hard to do that in today's NFL. Somebody from that group, guys, is, is going to have to emerge. It, is it possible? I guess anything's possible. By, by December or January, Christian Watson's going to be a different player than he is today in May or certainly that he's going to be sure. when people go and watch him this summer during training camp. Does Sammy Watkins have anything left? We're going to find out as, as, as uh, you know, the summer progresses. I, I, guys, I think Randall Cobb is shot. Um, he hasn't played a full season <laughs> since, since 2015. Getting more than 30 catches from him would, would be a surprise. You know, Alan Lazard's always going to be limited because he's a 4'7 guy, 4'6'5 uh, in the 40-yard in the, in the dash. He, he just he can't win one-on-ones consistently against high-level corners. I mean, guys, the thing, you know, some of these guys have okay numbers coming back, guys from uh you know from from the last couple of years but but keep in mind uh you know coverages and number one corners and 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 guys that were shadowing wide receivers were, were, were doing that to Devonte adams so you know on alan lazard for example saw a number two or a number three corner uh randall cobb saw a number two or number three corners all of a sudden now guys you you, you face a team like the rams and and jalen ramsey is is going to be locked up on somebody and and, and, and potentially take you know, take away a Lazard or, or somebody like that. I just, 
I, 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 at this point in time, guys, I, 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 I would agree with everybody who says that this is a bottom three or a bottom five wide receiver group in the league. They've, they've got a lot to prove. Maybe one of these rookies emerges. Maybe Sammy Watkins has more in the tank than any of us uh, believe. But at this point in time, guys, um, it, you know, as, as we sit here in, in late May during mini camps and OTAs and getting ready for training camps, that is far and away the group on uh, on is that 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 is the group that has the most to prove on this football team. So, Robbie, talking about Randall Cobb real quick, I think the biggest surprising, shocking thing for me was we've seen Randall Cobb and know basically what he's done since he came out of Kentucky. The shocking thing for me was he's still only thirty one. <laughs> I would have guessed that he would at least you know top of hey. my head at least probably closer to the mid thirties. Hey. Seems like he's been around forever. But Ben Kenny and I were talking yesterday. What do you have more confidence in the tight ends moving forward or the receivers moving forward? Because both, I think everyone would agree, there's a lot more to be desired. Yeah, you know, and Cobb will turn just for the record. Cobb turns thirty two in August, so he'll be. He'll be 32 when the season starts. I mean, he's he's and he's an old 32 guys at, at 12 years at 12 years in the league. Let's, being let's a little call him guy with the 30 something year olds. Okay, let's, we're, we're, yeah, we he, do well he, for ourselves. He he is beat to hell, but but I would say honestly, <laughs> Nelly, I, I like the long term potential of the wideout group a little bit more than than the tight end. Just thank you, the Rob. only guy, the only guy on the tight end group, I you you really can hang your hat on. From any any past production is is obviously Tunyon and and coming off that knee, you, you just don't know. Um, it, it, it his best his best days probably start again. Let's be honest in in twenty twenty three and not twenty twenty two. He probably will not be the same guy uh, whenever he does return this year that that he was in twenty twenty. These these injuries take quite a while and. I just I have a feeling that somebody among that rookie group, um, one of these veterans could surprise um, somebody like Watson by the end of the year. He's not going to be a number one, Nelly, by the end of the year. He he, he probably will be by his third year in the league, but it, but it's going to take some time, undoubtedly. But it, you know, it, it wouldn't shock me if they get, let's just say, fifty catches out of Watson. You know, thirty-five or forty out of Dubs, and 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 even you know Samari Touri, the, the seventh-round pick, helps a little bit in in some way, shape, or form. I just I think there's enough bodies there, you know, where somebody could emerge, even a surprise guy like a, a Jawan Winfrey, who who could come on and in camp. And I, we we've just seen this guy through through time with the Packers where positions do look bleak at this time of the year and, and they get a surprise, they, they get a player to emerge. I remember, you know, the better part of 20 years ago, everybody thought the defensive line was, was a disaster and they didn't have any pass rushers. And, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes Kabir Gabasha Biamilla and he has 14 or 15 sacks in his second year in the league. Um, I just I think with all those bodies and with all those people and all that, you know, potential among that group, Nelly, that that the wideout group by the end of the season, you know, could could at least be serviceable. Okay. Um, okay. It, it, so, if you ask me, maybe where I would have a little more confidence and belief, it's probably the wideouts over the tight end. But right now, as we sit here in May, I don't think either group is very strong. Robbie, real quick, I'll sum this up. We, I think, are in the very small minority because it's pretty easy to basically look at it and say, "Oh, it's tight ends." But I agree, Tunyon is a question mark everyone else we know exactly what they are and i don't think i really like much 
behind Tunyon. But again, even to the number of catches we were on with Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson, as I said, 30 to 40 for Dubs. And I think there's some potential for at least some people or at least one or two of those guys to take a step. And then you still will be able to squeeze at least a little bit of juice out of that Cobb and Watkins fruit. Hey, Robbie. Yes, sir. We got Broadfest coming up. You want to swing down maybe tomorrow, bring your brat to work day? We can eat some brats, talk some Packers, and then go out and then and go to the Madison Mallards on uh, Monday. We can make a long weekend out of it, you and I, just taking down the town of Madison. What do you think? <laughs> you and I ignoring our wives and our families and, and just spending a weekend together, right? Hey, Rob, here's the thing. Don't our wives all ignore us anyways? If, like you, spend that much time on, much. <laughs> if you spend that much time on Ebo's couch, I think you might going to start charging your rent. Yeah, well, Rob, <laughs> first four days are free. After that, then who knows? <laughs> After that, you pay by the hour. Yeah. Robbie, we love you, man. And uh, any words of advice for Craig Council and the Brewers as they just won their first road trip out there uh, in San Diego? Hey, that's not like a playoff series, did it, guys? That, that, that was pretty good baseball. And, and, they, and they've done it here with, with some injuries and uh, with, with Hader being out now. And, and uh, no, it, 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 was an, it was an impressive series win for them. You know my belief on counsel, though. He's, 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 you know when when when, it, when it's time to get off the pot, he's, he's got to ride. He's got to ride these horses that he has on this pitching staff. And you know, until proven otherwise, guys, he and Matt Lafleur have a lot in common, don't they? They're 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 terrific regular season guys, and and, and 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 they both uh, find a way to kind of wreck and blow and lose things in, in the postseason. <laughs> These are, it, it's going to be a big October for council guys, and it's going to be another big January, I would assume, for Matt LaFleur. Robbie, it's always big on Forbes.com, Conley Media, and Rob Reichel on Twitter. We love you, my friend. Much love, and we'll talk to you later. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow for bringing Brad to work day, okay? I was catching up on my emails. I'm like, oh my God, we got a lot of interviews today. Rowdy had kind of warned me over it. And sure as crap, who do I see walking around? Sam Hello. from the Mallards. We had talked to you. What was that last week, Sam? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was last week. It's with all the, blurred together. With the, big, the free beer, board. the free Oh, dog. for Bush Light. And we were making fun of your Tampa Bay Rays a yes, little bit. Hey. Oh, <laughs> Listen, Donnie and I, coincidentally, are from the same area. Oh, okay. Well, In right. Florida. Are you a Rays fan? Oh, yeah, I right know. I mean, no? I, yeah, yes? I guess because they're they're there. It wasn't very convincing. Yeah. Now, was like, <laughs> <laughs> and we got Donnie Scott in the house, the Madison Mailers manager. Dude, I would. We've never. I've never had you on on my show. And shame on me. We got to get you on more. I hear nothing but awesome stories about you. How great of a manager you are. And I'm out at the ballpark in between sips of beer and the duck blind. I'm like, man, that guy's pulling all the right strings well, for the for the Mailers there. So, are you a, a Rays fan then, or is it just or just like the game of baseball yeah. itself? Yeah. I, I, I'm I, I'm I'm a baseball guy. I yeah. love I love the game. Let's put it that way. Okay. And, and and I'm a Mallards guy. Yeah. He preferred the Devil Rays. Yeah. When I was down, <laughs> I should, listen, I no one, one ever either. preferred the <laughs> Devil Rays. I still don't know if they prefer the Rays. No one shows when, up. When I was a kid, we were down there. Uh, we went to what Bush Gardens and stuff. We were down in Tampa. Oh I, yeah. I bought it was a like that teal blue and it had a big stingray on it. It said Devil Rays yeah. in like yep. the nineties. Yeah. I yeah. bought it and brought it home for my dad. It was one of my favorite shirts to look at. Just the aesthetic, like 90s aesthetics of it, you know? Right. And I was like, do people like the name Devil Rays? Well, apparently not. Turns out, no. They changed uh, it just the Rays. Small, you know? small group got that changed. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> the, you know, the name I do really like is the Madison Mallards. So oh, we're absolutely. in here. Uh, Donnie, Donnie, since this is your first time officially on the show, I do believe, tell the fine folks listening out there, there are millions of fans worldwide, uh, the prowess of Donnie Scott, your story of how you came to be here in Madison, Wisconsin. Well, I, I uh, signed at 17. Um, 
in pro ball with the Texas Rangers and spent uh, uh, 13 years, got a few years in the big leagues, and uh, then I started managing, and uh, I was a manager in the Reds organization for 17 years and uh, got let go. And, uh, it's a cutthroat business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I ended up, in fact, the guy that, that fired me got me the gig in the in this league. In the <laughs> <laughs> so it was sure so yeah. that cutthroat, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Huh? It I is mean, what it is. It. Yeah, it, it is what it is. But I'm happy as well, can be. Can, can I make an assumption? Obviously, I've never been a professional athlete. But can I make an assumption that uh, as a cutthroat of a business as it is, you do make friends along the way who also know it's cutthroat, but also will have your back. Absolutely, yes, uh, and and everybody uh, depends on that. It's camaraderie. Yeah, you know, and and uh, we look out for each other. I, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't have great conversations with people that don't love baseball. Sure, that's just me. Sure, I mean, as soon as you find out somebody loves the game, I'm like, okay, here we go. You just open the door and. And then we'll talk for hours. You found the right station, then, my friend. You found the right guys. Uh, this this guy can rattle off if you need a scout. And Sam, if you got if you need a scout, this dude right here, Rowdy, he can rattle off like any minor leaguer. I don't even know how he does it. He was calling Keston Hira before Hira. Rowdy, when did you call Keston? Well, I liked him when he was coming out in the draft, just because of the bat, and right. it was kind of rolling the dice in the top ten because he didn't have a position. Still, really doesn't. But now with the universal DH, I mean, here we go. It's his time to shine, even though. This dude stays up to like one a.m. just grinding minor league baseball prospects and everything. This, I'm well, that, you. that the game's changed. <laughs> I mean, it's not they're, they're, you're not relying on the the guy that can play defense too. Yeah, I mean, they just want to see the ball go out of the ballpark. So and I'm, I'm against that. I want to ask you about that coming up, Sam. I want to get to you really quick. Uh, periodically as we'll switch on and off here. Yeah. But Sam, what is coming up for the Madison Mallards? We got some, I mean, last time you were in here talking about free beer and a free dog at the park. Yeah. So What's that, coming up now? That was last week. We did officially unveil the new naming rights partner for the Duck Blind. So we are now officially the Bush Light Duck Blind and we are excited about some it. Bush lattes. Exactly. Mm. Yep. And some Bush lattes. Do they, never, know about those? they know about those down in Florida? I've never heard of that. So I guess not until I got here. Donnie? Donnie? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Well, uh, well, Bush lattes and Bush lights. Yeah, oh, there you go. Um, I never heard that. But, but, I, I, I coined it. Feel free to yeah, okay. trademark. Uh, I trademark right, sounds that. good. <laughs> um, but opening day, Monday, 4 o'clock, first pitch. That's crazy. And a bobblehead, our first rebranded Maynard bobblehead for the first thousand fans. Opening day is opening almost day here. Opening day is here. And it's on Memorial Day. It Unbelievable. Is. Yep, 4 o'clock, first pitch. So oh. great, great time to it, it come back into the town. It's great for anyone. It's great for lover of baseball is great for the family man or woman is great for anyone in between it's yeah. just such a fun atmosphere and you guys we were talking about last week added a bunch of stuff to the ballpark for oh, the yeah. kids i think you had more beer stands as well yeah more beer for, lines. Those, for those bush lattes <laughs> yeah so uh donnie so we were talking a little bit about and obviously opening day how, how special is an opening day for you is it just like oh, reborn awesome. again is oh it- it's 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 unbelievable it's hard to explain i mean yeah. it really is a the excitement just running through you, and, and it, it's it's stressful all the way up to that first pitch. Sure. Once that first pitch goes by, it's like, okay, we're back playing baseball. How, how much do you tinker with the lineup before you got to turn the – do you obviously turn oh, the card? I, I don't even know the players. I haven't even seen one of them. How do, you, how do you do it? Well, I just pull them out of a hat. And you said, all right, let's go, let's go boys? The way, well, what I tell these guys is I, I make out the lineup for the first two weeks. You guys make it out after that. Okay, cool. And that's that's how I go about it. And uh, so we got to start somewhere. And I'll run the nine guys out there that we need to run out, and they got to prove themselves. 
And I, once that first pitch happens, it gets less stressful then? Or as you said, less stressful? Yeah, or is, it gets, it's, yeah. Because the lineup figures itself out, right? Like, yeah, but for, I mean, like I said, I, I don't know. I, I won't, yeah. We probably won't even have a workout until you see them on the first pitch. We'll take BP that day, and that'll be it. See, now that's what I was going to ask you. If, if you don't know these kids from Adam, and you got to put together a lineup, <laughs> literally my next question was going to be, is it literally just, hey, we're going to go into the cage and hit? Whoever sounds the nicest hitting in the cage, what position you play, all right, you're in there. Do you, do you want to be one of my coaches? Because that's exactly what we did. <laughs> hey, you can well, and I'm well, serious. Because because you're 6'10". He, you well, here's the thing. When you, when you <laughs> have a good kid and you hear him hitting in the cage, it sounds differently than most other people. Exactly. And that's, well, therefore, that's... Yep, that's good. We had a kid that I played against that was drafted by the Dodgers. Well, he's from Stoughton, and you had that flamethrower from Stoughton last yeah, year. He hit oh, 100. Yeah. yeah. He, uh... <laughs> We had a kid that got drafted by the Dodgers. When he was in the cage, it sounded different than everybody else yep. because it was like, that sound sounds good. <laughs> when everyone else hits, it sounds like high school baseball. Yeah. You're right. And so, that's, we, we get a little bit of an idea with stats and things like that. Yeah. So, Well, let me ask you, and, and something that we have discussed too, and, and maybe Sam, you can chime in as well. I want you to chime in as well. <laughs> is We've dubbed it the She Gone movement. Um, it's kind of from Seth McClung, who was a former uh Brewers pitcher, we've had him on the show many times. The she gone movement: you either hit a home run or you strike out. Yeah. And he, as a pitcher, he hates it and he uh, can't I, stand I, it. I hate it. I hate that. I want. I love the hit and run. I love love the bunt. Love the. Oh God! I love you, Donnie. I, 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 I love you, Donnie. It's complete baseball. Donnie Thank is you. just straight old school baseball. Donnie, yeah. you you whenever you want on the show, you just walk in here. <laughs> Because we we have we fought tooth and nail. So many people that's like, well, the analytics say bunting. Yeah. Get rid of bunting. We hate bunting. Nah. I hate the people that hate bunting. Uh, Give me old school mm-hmm. manufacturer runs. Get small ball. Yep. But that's I, I, not how it's going anymore. Yeah. The, so it's saying, oh, no, 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 no. It's coming back. As is a, it? As the a new league, age. The it's league is back. trying to change it, and the it's, the league is trying to. So what do you think then, Sam? I mean, listen, I am. I don't know what I think. I think and don't that, think it's three against one here. Okay? No, no, no. I think that it's. I think that it makes sense what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it more fast paced, but that's just not baseball. And we, I, okay, I think that that's the goal for for baseball, but that's just not the sport. It's so, not football, and it's not basketball. It's not a fa- fast paced game, and I think that people just need to accept that and move on. We refuse to accept it, Sam. But <laughs> when it comes when it comes to fast paced games and whatnot, when we there was uh, it was the Brewers who was it? Rowdy looked at the game time. It was three hours and forty minutes when the Brewers were taking on. I forget the series last week. Uh, last week there was it was eight. There's a lot of runs involved, a lot of home runs. It was like six home runs. Was it the Reds? I think it was, uh, it was the, the Reds. Reds. The game was like three hours and 40 minutes, and it was a lot of home runs, the Shigong movement, of people striking out or hitting mm-hmm. home runs. Then the following day, there was a pitcher's duel. It was what? Brewers won two to one. The game was, two, go the game was two hours and 30 minutes. But people don't. Hour but they, they but say they want exciting. a faster game, but they're not excited by a two to one score. So you can't have a fast game if you want to see runs. Right. It's, so it's. I, I, I personally, I'm going to tell you what I think. I think this clock stuff is ridiculous. There's no clock in baseball. Yeah. Okay. If they want to, if they want to change everything, and they want to speed up the game and have your hour and a half game so everybody can have their cocktails and get out of there. <laughs> if they want to do that, then start playing seven inning ball games. That that'll solve everything. You, you won't have to do anything else. You won't have to tinker. Just make it seven innings. All right. So for major for major leagues, what do you think of the guy in in, in extra innings? He starts on second. I hate it. Same. See, I hated oh, see, it. See, I kind of like that. I hated it. I'm I don't. I'm glad. I'm glad I've come around to it a little bit, but here's why. They took out 
they took out the DH or they brought in a DH for the NL. So now you have universal DH. I actually have come around to the second base idea because it brings a little strategy back into the game where it was lacking. Because, hey, do you want to bunt the guy over to third base? Are you going to let these guys swing away? Like, there's a couple different. Do you want to bring in Hader for the ninth? Because we know he's going to shut the guys down. Do you think you can score that one run? Because you know you have a guy that's absolutely going to shut everyone down. I feel like it's brought in a little bit more strategy where the DH dumbed it down again. Well, uh, me personally, you're always three, four, five days ahead especially with your starting rotation, your bullpen, right? Yeah. When, when you do that, you're ending games fast. That's all fine and dandy. But the strategy sometimes might be, I got a five-game set with these people. If I can wear them down, I don't care if I'm throwing 17 innings tonight. I know their bullpen's wiped out. If I can wipe them out more and play 15 innings tonight, they're in trouble the next huh. four days. Yeah. That's true. That's how I look. Well, you look at what the Brewers are doing right now. They just got done playing three games in San Diego. Then they fly for four games with uh, the Cardinals, and then it's four games with Chicago. Three cities, ten days, eleven games. Maybe, now haters not with the team, but maybe there would have been a thing where, hey, maybe we don't use them. We're going to save them here. <laughs> you got you know at the big leagues you don't save anybody. I mean, really out of the out thank of the bullpen. you, thank you, you. You don't save. Well, Craig but, Council does. Well, yeah, I think I, I think he invests I think in bubble wrap. I think they've gotten too. Cra- this guy, uh, what was his? Doug Bear. He was he was a coach for me when I was in the Reds system, um, and he he pitched with Detroit and in the Reds and got 15 years in or whatever. Sparky Anderson was his manager in both both stops, right? Sparky used Doug Bear out of the pen 11 straight days. Huh. He called down on a 12th day. And guess what Doug Bear told him on the bullpen phone? I can't say it. (laughs) (laughs) A very interesting conversations we're having here as Madison Mallards, they have their opening night, Memorial Day, Monday, 4 o'clock. Go to their website, get your tickets. Damn good time. The duck blind is awesome. Bush light duck blind. The bush light duck blind. You have won the hearts and minds of many Wisconsinites. That was the goal. So I'm from southwest Wisconsin. The Dodge, I know you not familiar with it because you're a Florida girl, but Dodgeville, Wisconsin, if this is Wisconsin, we're down here. Okay. I think the whole, it's in Iowa County. I think the whole county ran off of bush light. So I, you are. That's what I've heard. You are. You are. Heard and Rowdy, I think the same goes for the Stoughton area, correct? Yeah, I would say that that would probably be the preferred beer of choice, especially. Fact, it's the number one beer consumed in Wisconsin. It's- doesn't surprise me. <laughs> the only yep, the only thing that I wish uh, there was differently at Bush Light was more of it. So there you go. <laughs> we, got, we got plenty at the ballpark. So you'll we, never run out there. I love the duck blind, and I love, well, okay, I'm, I'm sure it's a baseball sense. Uh, do you guys even out there on the field even pay attention to the, the duck blind, all of us drunkards, that are responsible drinkers? There you yeah, go. In between pitches, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. So, right, but so, that's so, the fun of it. Like, I'm obviously not a player on the team, but I can only imagine that when you're playing in front of all these responsibly drinking people yeah. who are cheering and yelling and screaming and all that stuff, like, it just makes the experience that much more fun. Yeah, usually when the opposing team is out there uh, playing defense is when we start really chirping at the outfielders. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. res- well, now, res- respectfully. Obviously. Now we have bullpens. We just got bullpens onto the field, Ooh. which is really exciting. And we put the away team's bullpen right in front of the duck blind. That's... On accident, of course. Yeah, wink, wink. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> right, so excited to see what happens with... Uh, I know you guys are going to crush it, man. You guys, the crown jewel. The crown jewel of the Northwoods League. I love the Madison Mallards. <laughs> so, we, Sam, you're kind of on the, the new school approach of baseball, yeah? Like, I don't know about new... She's a Rays fan, man. They, they're always listen, on the cutting edge. Hold on. Edge. I don't know about 
about new school, I can see it's all just honestly comes down to the attention span of people that are younger. No one wants to sit in front of a TV and watch a baseball game for four hours. And I, I like baseball, so I will do it. However, I have lots of friends and coworkers and people who will not. Mm, and patience. so it just comes down to the intention span and the patience of so people So it's funny because when I hear people say that, then they'll, I'm not saying you, Sam, but people that, you know, younger people, well, I love watching college football. Well, a college football game is four and a half hours long. I know. A baseball game is average three hours and ten minutes. What are we What are we talking about when it comes to pace of play in a game here? Mm-hmm. America's pastime is a beautiful game, and they're really trying to mess with it, right, Donnie? Oh, so, uh, yeah, I, I hate it. I, I just, so we we argue all the time with people that like get rid of bunting. It's all about analytics. You got to need these math nerds in here pushing <laughs> their their pocket protectors, and it's like no, let go play a game, manufacture some runs. I. Listen, as much as I love a home run, you know what I hate more? Seeing guys strike out. Oh, no doubt. And all you see is the Shigon movement is maybe one home run to countless strikeouts. Well, I feel like everything gets polarized to one side wants home runs and strikeouts all the time. The other side gets portrayed as wanting to bunt every single at-bat possible. I find myself in the middle. I think bunting has its... Bunting has its its role in baseball. If you're looking for one run... I'm fine with bunting. If you if you're looking for three four runs in an inning, you're not going to bunt. Right. Like it's got to be somewhere in the middle. It has its place, but it shouldn't be all the time. Like this crowd wants it. But if you're swinging and striking out all the time, you're going to be leaving a lot of people on base all the time. Right. And, and I think a lot of it depends on how your club's going. Are you swinging a bat? Who are you facing? And if you're if you're facing your number one guy. You might have to bunt early in the ball game. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you lay it down, get that one run, and find out. And next thing you know, you win one nothing. Well, we'll use a, an example for the Milwaukee Brewers in 2018 or 2019. I'm never asking Christian Yelich to ever bunt. <laughs> the guy was possessed. He was arguably the second best hitter in baseball behind Trout. Right. He'll never top Trout. Let's just get that out there yeah. now. Right. <laughs> but in 2020. And especially 2021, you bet your ass I might be thinking about telling Christian Yelich he can bunt. He can't hit worth a crap. Yeah. Like, not just because he's higher paid and he's done something in the past. I'm talking about right now, he can't hit anything in 2021. And into 2022. Well, he's been I, I haven't down. followed that much. Uh, all I know is that, that that guy can hit. And and whether he's doing it or not right now, he, he'll figure it so out. So how do you snap out of a slump then, Donnie, in your opinion? Uh, like, what would you tell a hitter maybe that's going to work? You just got to work. You just you got to work. You got to you got to put your time in and and get down in a cage and swing and swing and swing and swing. I, I'm a big believer in repetitions and and hitting. It's all and, about the things that people don't see and the fans don't oh, see. Oh, right? no doubt. Yeah. You, you know, if if you're struggling, you better show up at one o'clock and and start whacking and yeah. and, and hitting some <laughs> balls and. Uh, it, it, it's a feel. Everything's a feel in this game. There's rhythm. There's timing. There's all these things. But uh, you, you got to get that feel back. And um, you know, a lot of times, what ends up happening to the guys, uh, and I talk to hitters all the time about this. You're swinging at every pitch until you recognize it's a ball. Some guys, you get in, into into that mode of wait and see if it's a strike to hit. And 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 a lot of times, you don't even know that's creeping up on you. Yeah. And and you've got to be ready to hit every pitch. Something's going to tell you no, no. You know, it's a ball. I'm mean, not, how, I mean, how, oh yeah, that's how quick it happens. I think it's probably even faster than a snap of a finger, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got you got to be able to do that. But if I'm sitting there and I'm I'm waiting to see if it's a strike to swing the bat, I'm in trouble, man. 
I couldn't. I couldn't imagine standing up there in the batting box and having like a some flamethrower. Uh, you, you'd, you'd, you'd get used to it like that, Mike. Okay, yeah, that's I'm not, I'm repetition. Not repetition. That's all repetition. It is. It's all it is. Sam, you ever stood up there and took like a ninety some mile? I was a heater? softball player in high school, so I played a lot. Then, I mean, <laughs> we were the front office the other day. I was just taking BP. Um, so I love to hit. I yeah. love it. I, but it you ever is. throw it on a bunt in softball? I did not. I was a power hitter. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. Not, hell yeah. not even close. Well, I could when not she run. came up, they played behind the fences. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let me ask you, and Sam, you, uh, your previous stop, uh, what you said was the was the internet, oh, the Atlantic League. The Atlantic League. Yeah. And they were talking about the rule changes that they had. I wanted to pick mm-hmm. Donnie's brain about it a little bit. Yeah. So they had robo-umps. They did. I think they got removed since I left and moved them into the spring training facilities, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So I'm glad. I hate the but idea of But they started the robo ump. But it didn't work out since it's gone. Uh, I mean, like, it worked enough to go into the spring training. That's so. True. so, Donnie, let me ask you, man. I love nothing more than a good manager ump dust up. <laughs> and I feel like replay has taken that away from well, us. Well, so that was also funny, too. So we ended up naming at the team I was at, we named our robo ump because people were mad that the manager wasn't yelling at the ump anymore about calls. And the ump would just stand behind home plate and point. And they had like AirPods and would just like point at the ear and shrug his shoulders and was like, can't do anything. And so we named our robo ump because. Um, Can I guess people, what its name was? I don't even remember, honestly. I was, was going like, to go with Angel during- Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> but people would start yelling at the robo-ump because they couldn't yell at anyone else. Hey, Hernandez. Hey, Angel Hernandez. <laughs> so, okay. So, obviously, all that stuff is programmed. It, yeah. It's got to be in a software. Yeah. <laughs> For you guys to maybe oh, get yeah. a little bit That's more interaction, yeah. would you ever like say change the software a bit for a bad call? Yeah, we weren't you, allowed. Could you? We like, were not allowed. The... No, we were not allowed. So it was all run through the MLB, oh. and we couldn't have a single she, person. She we a had Russian an, hacker. We had an nice. MLB employee <laughs> manning the the RoboUmp computer, and the only time they could override it was if it was a pitch that bounced before and bounced into the strike zone. Interesting. That was the only time they could override it. Donnie. They come to you and say, hey, Donnie, we can bring in a RoboWumps. Yeah. What do you say? I say no. I, I, <laughs> I'm a little I, more animated, I I'd imagine. I think that is the worst. <laughs> you know, what, what bothers me is or, or, umpires are part of this game, too. It's not like they don't want to get calls wrong. Right. right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you know what? You earn your right, it's, even at the major league level, you earn your right to that strike zone. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like the Atlanta Braves in the, in the 90s, they they got two balls off the plate. Well, you're a They're catcher. Pitchers. You're a catcher, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean they, professional. They, they were getting called because they earned that. They earned that right because they they could hit a spot, hit a spot, hit a spot, hit a spot, and that that thing the plate goes like this. And for me, there's down the middle, there's the thirds, there's the corners, and then there's like infinity. Yeah, and infinity is that guy back there. Uh-huh. So I'm going to test. Early in the game, one ball off the plate. See if I get it. If I get it, guess what? I'm going to go two balls off the plate sure. and, and see if I can get that. But so, here's just to play devil's advocate. I do not. Let me just get this very clear, especially in this room. I do not like the RoboWomp. However. What do you mean especially in this room? Just, well, <laughs> just to play devil's advocate is like there is no consistency in that. You Tough, can, deal with it. Listen, <laughs> I, again, I'm playing devil's advocate, but that's what people are saying is yeah. that if you have one up behind behind the plate where they'll call that ball outside or whatever the case may be, XYZ person who 
is umping the next game behind the plate won't. And so that's what people that's want. That's when you is go they... to your players and say, hey, it's open tonight, boys. Swing the bats. Let's go. <laughs> but or it, that's it's what tight. people are looking for is they want a clear, defined So See, I have a question for Donnie, though, because he was a catcher. And what, I would all say, team, what all the teams you play for in Major League Baseball? Rangers, uh, you said? The Rangers, Seattle, and the Reds. Okay, cool. Yeah. So now I would say even with analytics, it's been more popularized for catchers is stealing strikes with framing. Yeah, whatever. I, I hear you, that you, stuff too. Uh, no, but I'm Were saying, you do you think that you if, you're back, a better, if you're a better framer of the of the receiving yes. the ball, yes. you can steal those two balls off the plate easier? Yes. Well, yeah, yes. yes and no. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I'm saying yes. It's all about presentation. I, I cannot stand when a guy catches a ball three Three balls off the plate and yanks it back to the middle of the. <laughs> Thank, sp- you. Thank Are you. Thank you. Serious? That's like that's, that's little league catcher stuff. Exactly, and I, I, I hate that. I, when I came up, it was catch it where it's pitched, you know, just catch it, just catch a baseball, present it nice to this guy, and 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 everything will go well. That you, you know, as a catcher, sometimes you, you block a guy out on a pitch, and I, I don't, I don't want this yanking, pulling it up. It's ridiculous. They would have screamed in my ear. The first thing, and I don't want to do this too loud because I might break the building here. Do but it. I'm sitting there, and, and you know, I, I try to steal a pitch or whatever, and or yank it back. And and the umpire Ken Kaiser was was the one that taught me this. We were in Cleveland. I had to catch a doubleheader in Cleveland one day, <laughs> and, 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 and he was behind the plate uh, for the first game. And 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 uh, he said, Donnie, what are you doing? I said, I, I, you know, I thought that was a pretty good pitch. He goes, don't be yanking it on me, man. Don't be doing that. And, and uh, so next pitch, I kind of tried it again, and, and all I heard was, ball, right in my Screaming ear. Screaming oh, ball. Yeah, he let me know, don't be pulling that. And, and that's why I, I do not like this whole thing. I don't. It's all against the principles of the, what I was. The one knee thing drives me nuts. Yeah. It drives me absolutely nuts. And then, you know, because the idea, it's no longer – Receiving and blocking, it's about stealing pitches. Yeah, that's all it's about. Yeah, and and uh, you know, I, I I think throwing a baseball down there, but nobody's running anymore. Yeah. I mean, man. So I mean, we've said this a couple times about baseball routing. It comes to field of dreams, right? It's like kind of uh, how the game of baseball is played at the time is kind of like how the state of society we're living in. Yeah, know? like <laughs> the state of state of America. Yeah. The truth. Yeah, I mean that's from Field of Dreams. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the uh, oh, who's the actor? Um, John Earl Jim, or yeah, James Earl James Jones. Earl Jones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's what he's talking uh, about. F- greatest movie ever. Greatest. Again, Donnie, I think I said this three times. Open pass whenever you want. Sam, you as well. Come on in. Thank I you. love you playing devil's advocate, too. That's you nice. You have to. Yeah. Especially guy Donnie See, over here. Uh, this is him. the other thing. I love when a guy is consistent. If he's going to give it off the edge, just be consistent for both exactly. teams. Exactly. But when you have some umpires that are all over the board, I get where people want the robo-umps to have it a set, structured strike zone. But that also takes a little bit of the fun out because I think Donnie would probably agree his favorite umpire, he has no idea what his name is. Exactly. Here's what, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell you this. True. I do not, and I have never, when I caught I did, I, I, would, I would talk to umpires, <laughs> but as a manager, I don't ever argue balls huh. or strikes. Because, number one, I can't see yeah. in and out. But the only time that you might get on somebody, because you can see from the, from the dugout, you can see missing up and down. But in and out, you got no chance. Because I've had catchers, they have a sign that they'll give. They'll touch their mask and let you know, hey, you missed that pitch. Yeah. They'll miss that. You know, well, these umpires know that stuff, too. They know that these guys are pulling. Does anyone have a, like, one like this? Where they yeah, the yeah. the middle finger? <laughs> no, that's where they turn around. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just, I, I don't do it. I, I love 
screaming and yelling on the bases, but they've taken that all away too. Yeah. Well, that's what I missed. And, and to put a bow on this conversation, because I know you guys got to go to the next stop, and we'll get Sam uh, to tell us what's coming up here again for the Mallards. As you too, Donnie. But what I miss is like like a Lou Pinella stealing a base, like or getting up and like bumping chest and like nose to nose. They've, they've ripped that away from us. Yep, I and, love that. Yeah, and, and, and I'll tell you this: <laughs> they've ripped it away I from used us. To, I, I used to kick dirt all over umpires. I, <laughs> Lou, Pinella, <laughs> Lou Pinella was my last manager oh, that I played. Yeah, so. Uh, lose from Tampa and all that stuff, yeah. but I, I I was a nut. I used to get thrown out six seven times every. You know, I, oh I was in rookie ball. I, I mean, I all the time until one day. Uh, I, I don't know if you ever remember this name, but his, his name's Jim Hickman, and he's the one that got the base hit to drive in Pete Rose when he ran over Ray Foster sure. at the plate in the seven All Star game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he he was our hitting coordinator, and I, I'll make this fast. He said he said to me one time, he goes, Donnie, let me ask you something. Uh, he says, you know, you, you get thrown out quite a bit. And, and I said, yeah, you know, I'm defending the players. He goes, yeah, that's, that's all fine, Danny. But let me ask you this. He said, are you a better manager on the field or in the dugout or in the clubhouse? And I went, ooh. Light bulb. It came on, and I said, you know what? I'm staying out here with my boys. Yeah. And I, I, I haven't been thrown out in years. Well, damn. I was going to ask if maybe opening day, maybe to the chagrin of Sam over here, maybe get tossed from the We'll throw out the first pitch, and then we'll give you the wink, so you go get tossed right away. We'll go out drinks to the clubhouse. Yes, sir. Yeah, if you find, you if you find an up that's kind of like rubbing the wrong way, you don't say anything. You just let us know, okay? We'll, start, we'll be barking for the, the duck bite with a bush light in our hand, all right? All right, so Sam. Yeah. If again to put a bow on all of it, opening day, opening night, Monday, Monday, four o'clock, four o'clock. Tickets go to the website. Yep, website. Donnie, not that you need it, but best of luck, my brother. Thank you. Whatever, Thank you. Whatever. Hopefully, we'll see you guys out there. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I mean, if I, I, you I, guys come, come, come to the clubhouse after the game. We'll oh yeah, we, we'll have a. Oh, we'll Donnie, have a, has, have a soda. Donnie has a good time in the clubhouse. <laughs> I would love to get game. you guys on more, but as a season, absolutely, if you can, if you can fit it at all, hundred no, percent. No all right, there it is, Madison Mallards, J Love. Jordan L. JL. Do you guys feel bad J-Lo. for Jordan Love? All right, Jordan Love. Jordan Love has never done anything besides disappoint me occasionally on the football field when called upon, which is rare because Aaron Rodgers is usually, you know, healthy and ready to go despite that little bout of, of COVID that he had. And Jordan Love came in and was happened. a little left be desired out there on the field. Yep. But outside of him gently letting us down on the football field, do you feel bad for Jordan Love in the situation that he is in? Now, Rowdy was absolutely right. He's making a lot of money. I got two takes on that, but it's I'll converge it into one. Okay. First, when he was drafted and you had Aaron Rodgers go on and say, hey, I had to have three fingers of tequila. <laughs> and I think it was four fingers, actually. Four fingers, three fingers, whatever it was, he was drinking that night. And... I kind of felt bad for Jordan Love because no one one really (laughs) expected the Green Bay Packers. Not a ton of people were looking for the Green Bay Packers to draft a quarterback, especially after the season Rodgers had. And it looked like they were a team that was rounding into being yet another Super Bowl contender after having a year or two where they were a little down at the end of the McCarthy era. So I felt a little bit bad for him because not only did he have that hanging over his head, but he also had the fact that... Now, all of a sudden, there was COVID where he didn't get the training camps. He didn't get the OTAs. He didn't get necessarily the reps in practice because of all the COVID protocols and everything like that. So I felt bad. But then you... You got good tracksuits, though. Yeah, you fast forward to where we're at now. And this is a guy that he did get to play in preseason last year. Now, he... 
came up with some injuries, so he didn't get to play as much as backers wanted. But not only did, did he get us. I don't remember exactly what he had, but it was like they didn't want to like push him into anything because he was a little it was he was a little beat up or whatever. So he didn't play as much as the Packers would have liked to have played, but he still played multiple preseason games. But anyways, getting to the season, he got a start. He got to play an entire half against the Lions. The start obviously was the Chiefs because Aaron Rodgers came down with covid. Now, also, we forget that Aaron Rodgers, remember, he was nursing a little bit of an injury as well, so he wasn't practicing all the time. So he, when I say he, Jordan Love was able to take more first-team reps because Rodgers was like, hey, I don't really need the practice. We're in season. I need to stay healthy. Wasn't it a toe? Yeah, it was COVID. He, like, stubbed it. We never got the official story. But regardless, he got way more reps Last season as the number one due to Rodgers having COVID due to being really the only quarterback uh, of any substance outside of Kurt Benkert that played in the preseason and getting that half against Detroit because the Packers had already uh, earned their playoff spot and, and wrapped up the, the division. Yeah, He, in my opinion, he almost made up for the time lost in year one because of all the time he got in year two because of all those circumstances now year three leading up to it he's going to get the entire preseason again Aaron Rodgers is not going to be playing I mean Aaron Rodgers isn't even OTAs right now he's not even again yeah he's not even at OTAs right now some people he's not at training camp right now we'll see we'll see if Aaron Rodgers shows up to training camp I even forgot to mention that Aaron Rodgers didn't show up to training camp last year no he didn't show up until the very end of when he had to Mm -hmm. exactly they had to sign Blake Bortles to give him an extra camp yeah like (laughs) and they gave Kurt Benkirk a futures contract I think for all the time lost for Jordan Love in year one where I felt bad for him it got made up in year two and now he's kind of back on track in my mind for all of the the time that he had extra now this is the year where Rodgers isn't at OTAs we'll see if he comes to training camp I'm going to bet on that Jordan Love and Kurt Benkert are the only quarterbacks that really play in preseason so and then we'll see if the Packers where they're at he might even get another starter two this year because the Packers already have the division wrapped up I think this is the make or break year for Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. You have to know what you have in Jordan Love yeah. by at least starting this season. So, so for me, when they I don't feel bad for him anymore. When they, I, I'm, I'm on the same end as Jordan. He's caught up. When, I felt bad for him here in the past. When they when they traded up to get him, I was we all were shocked. Obviously, except Rob Rice was going to join us in an and, hour. He and, actually called it, and you can't put that on on him. No, no, no. So. When they traded up to get him, obviously Aaron Rodgers and, you know, coming off the end of the Mike McCarthy era where, era where it was just terrible. Like the offense stunk. Rodgers looked like he stunk compared to, you know, what he normally is. And they traded up to get Jordan Love. I guarantee you Jordan Love is sitting there like, oh, my God, I am the heir apparent for the Green Bay Packers. I am going to be the guy to carry on the flame that Brett Favre passed to Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers will pass to me. I can't wait to start my career for a franchise storied place like Green Bay, Wisconsin, and continue on for the Packers. And then what happens? Aaron Rodgers gets pissed. And he gets on the ultimate FU tour, and he's like, F it, dude. MVP coming up. And Rodgers just starts bawling. And then Jordan Love is sitting there like, well. B-A-W-L? Balling. Balling? Balling. And he's like, well, I'm not going to see the field anytime soon. And then Rodgers gets that, you know, that that, that wishy-washy. Is he going to come back? Is he going to just trip on ayahuasca and shrooms and smoke all kinds of peyote out there in Hawaii with his new fiance, Shailene Woodley? Is he even going to come back? Then Jordan Love gets his hopes up again. Like, Rodgers probably going to hang it up now. He's going to retire. I'm the man. And then Rodgers is like, Wolf of Wall Street. Like, Wolf of Wall Street. I ain't effing leaving. 
<laughs> I ain't nothing leaving. And then Jordan Love's like, damn, dude, what do I got to do? But to Rowdy's point, you get all of the opportunities to show yourself how good you are. A first team reps in practice. You get the preseason. I know there's some injury there. And then you got a little bit of opportunity, too, during the regular season when Rodgers got the Roans. But I don't feel bad for Jordan Love anymore. I feel I feel bad for the state of the Packers post-Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to enjoy all these years as I can. Because Jordan Love, I don't think he's it. He ain't, Now, obviously, that's small sample size, and I don't really got much to go off of. But my few eye tests, I don't think he's it. I felt bad for him. But now I'm like, dude, you're making four mil. What is he making, Rowdy? Four million dollars? Yeah, it's a little less than three point four. Next season, the final year of his rookie deal before they have to pick up the option or not is just under four. I'm like, you're training under Aaron Rodgers. You're with the Green Bay Packers. You're making almost four million dollars. I do not feel bad one bit because in the NFL or professional sports, it is cutthroat and they don't care about you. See, what? this is this is actually interesting. So this year, this will be year three for Jordan Love. He's making just under $3.4 million. Next season would be year four for Jordan Love. He's making just under $4 million. If they pick up that option, because we know that they're figuring Aaron Rodgers will be here for two to three more years. Mm -hmm. Well, those two years eat up both of the last two years officially on Jordan Love's contract. That third year would eat up. Jordan Love's rookie option because he was a first round pick. But if they pick that up, that option number for that cap hip would jump from just below four million to probably around eight to nine million. And that's a lot to pay when you're paying Aaron Rodgers as much as you are and then a backup quarterback, eight to nine million dollars. That's that's a lot of money, especially when the good backup quarterbacks normally um they normally sign for like five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Like the the Chase Daniels yeah. of the world. Like so paying Jordan Love that much money to be a backup, you are either paying him to to be your backup because you're like, hey, we're going to sign you an extension the following year. But wouldn't you think you would already have signed him to an extension if you thought he was that great? Yeah. Well, other than that, Rodgers is going to outlast the Jordan Love contract. And on Jordan and RJ, look at if you feel bad for him or not, but on Jordan Love, it, like what you've seen from him. So Brett Hundley was incredible in the preseason or the, yeah, the preseason. Brett Hundley was a mega star in the preseason. They're like we could trade him for a second round draft. Look how good this guy is. Well, and then, not and then Rogers gets into action or gets hurt in action. Right. And Brett Hundley comes in and it's one of the worst performances I've ever seen in my entire like life. I think even in previous lives, my previous version of me was cringing. It's like, <laughs> man, I've seen, I've seen football in the, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. It was terrible. It was terrible, <laughs> Brett Holly. You know, statistically not great. I'll tell you that much. So he described his first start. And so just because he was good in preseason doesn't mean he's going to be good in the regular season. Sometimes when the lights shine the brightest, people fold like a lawn chair. And I'm not saying that Jordan Love is going to be Brett Hundley, but to Rowdy's point, if you already have him this long, are you really going to pay him that extent? Was it Rowdy extension for nine million dollars? Well, I mean, that's just that's for a, a guy projection. that doesn't do anything. But because yeah. it's a it's it's his fifth year option because he was a first round pick. Normally, if you look at what Rashawn Gary was making, Rashawn Gary now a guy that was drafted before uh, Jordan Love, so obviously the number is going to jump higher just because he was a later. We know that money continues to go up and up and up. Rashawn Gary, if they pick up his option, which I believe they did, he went from making like four something to like seven something. All right, so like that's a decent jump, and especially being years later, he's gonna go from like four to probably like eight. RJ, Jordan Love, you feel bad for him, yay or nay? I or is it somewhere in between? It's really indifference on it. Uh, on a, like there's people out there, and I'm one of them who 
yes, you used a first-round draft pick on a chip to put on Aaron Rodgers' shoulder because when he's angry, he plays better. Amen. Um, and, you know, so you pissed him off a little bit, and he's done pretty good since you did. Uh, and whether you want to believe that or not, you'd be surprised what happens behind closed doors that are when decisions are made oh, for sure. and people don't, like, do what everybody expects him to. I, I, so I'm, like I'm the Packers really in, taking a wide receiver in the first round of right, the NFL draft? I, I'm really indifferent oh, on it because, quite frankly, I don't think the intent was ever to have him replace Aaron Rodgers. I think the intent was, hey, you know who plays a little better when they're pissed off and think <laughs> everybody's out to get him? Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't been there in a couple of years. That's a bold move from Goody then. Right. The and, but, and like I said, People can. People are probably listening right now and being like, "This guy's dumb." Did you see Rogers' yeah. final year before Floor took over the draft? The Jordan Love you stunk, right? But like, and and like, like I said, people are listening to this take right now and they're saying, "Well, this guy does." But here's anything. the thing, He's RJ. Dumb. Here's no, the thing. Nobody would ever waste a first. Here's the thing. There though. are people who've wasted first picks on worse. <laughs> but they're listening. True. There it is. Uh, but so, yeah. I and and it's another one you can compare. Aaron Rodgers' backups. To Brett Favre's backups. And there was a string there where Brett Favre's backups all went on to go be starters elsewhere. And like, not like one or two year starters, like franchise type quarterbacks that were there for four to five years as the starter. Um, That's not the case with Rodgers. No, like the the biggest one was uh, Matty Ice Flynn. Matt Flynn. Went and got paid. Went and got paid, twice. and then he got yeah, paid twice. And then, got, then, and got then by the Raiders, yeah. Then got Russ Wilson, and then uh, who that yeah, David who, Carr did Carr take over for him, or was there I, somebody between? I, see, don't quote me on this, but I want to say someone like Matt McGloin won the job from him. <laughs> oh, as bad as that sounds, that's probably true. I, I think it was a little bit before Derek Carr was a real thing. Yeah, let's see. He was with the Raiders I, I, in 2013. Raiders, Raiders in 2013. I, I want to say like Terrell Pryor and. Matt McGloin. Don't quote me, but I think that's what it was. I, I, I'm, see. I'm there with you. That sounds good to me. 2013 <laughs> was when he was with... To, oh, oof. To, Rowdy is right. Terrell Pryor and Matt McGloin. There you go. Wow. That's brutal. That's tough. You right. lost to a wide receiver. Now, granted, he was a quarterback at Ohio State, but he had been playing wide receiver. And then you lost to Matt McGloin, a guy that was getting pissed off on the sidelines of XFL interviews <laughs> literally last year. Yeah, Terrell Pryor ended up going three and six, and, and then Matt McGloin went one and five. Carr was drafted Draft. in 2014. Yeah, because the Raiders go, holy hell. We, we gave money to oh. Flynn, and we have a receiver playing quarterback and a guy that um, isn't, isn't good enough to be in this league. <laughs> so... I guess indifference for RJ, I do not feel bad for Jordan Love. Well, to me, he's just another guy that's and, on an NFL roster that you forget about down the road. And the one but guy, you won't forget about him because the Packers traded up in the draft to get him. The one guy who didn't go anywhere, Doug Peterson. But then again, he was he was the backup quarterback, you know? That's a guy who could was competent and knew football and could go in there when he needed to to clean up and all that kind of stuff. But I think a lot of but the other, other things, than, yeah. uh, some of the other guys that were behind Brett Favre that showed a little promise at least moved on to places, and if they weren't a starter, they were like a decent backup. Yeah. A lot of Aaron Rodgers' backups outside of Matt Flynn were pretty bad. Like, they didn't have other stops. No. 
Like their next stop was like the practice squad and then the couch. Yes, or the XFL. Or the AAF, the American the Alliance. AAF, the, or if the you're, Spring League. Or the- if you're Seneca Wallace who got in there and like pulled every muscle in his body and then left. <laughs> I think that, that was, was the hospital. Well, I guess I guess the one you can say Scott Tolzien uh, went and was back a backup. to Indy. Yeah. For, but again, he didn't have a long, like he played, what, seven years and probably yeah. a handful after he left Green Bay. Right. But yeah, like you Ooh. compare the competition in that QB room and, and nobody was ever going to be replacing Favre anyway. No. But you at least had guys who, if Favre went down, yes, you were worried, but you weren't Confident. that worried. Not dudes that said stuff like this after they played a game when Rodgers went down. You know, statistically not great. I'll tell you that much. That's tough. He almost lost to a guy who replaced him. Breaking news. We actually were talking about him today in reference of Jordan Love. Once described as this. You know, statistically not great. I'll tell you that much. Brett Hundley, believe it or not, has signed with the Baltimore Ravens. Rowdy. What? And that also stemming on the heels of Rowdy sending this to me last night. Tyler Lancaster, believe it or not. Rowdy, how would you describe Tyler Lancaster? Meh. Tyler Lancaster describes Rowdy as meh. Signing with the Las Vegas Raiders along with special teams coordinator Maurice Drayton. What what, what a, is what going a, on? What, in the what NFL? a trade! What a trade! Essentially, this was a trade for the Green Bay Packers and the Las Vegas Raiders. We got Rich Bisaccia, and we got Keyshawn Nixon, yeah. Snoop Dogg's cousin, who's actually a good special teamer. Yeah, what up, they guys? get Tyler Lancaster and Maurice Drayton. I think the Packers won that. I think swap. the Packers won that. Like I think that's a grand slam of a trade. <laughs> yeah. So if Tyler Lancaster Rowdy is described as man, what do you describe Mo Drayton as? Ben, you were in studio with me uh, for that Chicago Bears fiasco. Uh, we also saw what happened against the 49ers in the playoffs. How would you, Benjamin, describe Maurice Drayton, then special teams coordinator? Well, don't for forget that one of the big debacles came thanks to Tyler Lancaster. That blocked field goal in the playoff game. That was his assignment oh in theory God. to block the guy. I, so I put them hand in hand. Wow. I, I would say brutal. <laughs> I would say Las Vegas, you're taking a gamble on having those guys on your team. Well, just think about it. When you had Dean Lowry and you had Kenny Clark, Lancaster was like the next guy. Now, all of a sudden, you look at the retooled uh, defensive line and you still have Lowry. You still have Clark, but you added Wyatt. You still have Reed or you added Reed. You still have Slayton. Like that line is so much better. There's no room and absolutely no need for Lancaster. Like Lancaster's coming in and he's behind every single one of those guys I named <laughs> on the defensive line. Yeah. Like the only guy I wouldn't even pencil him ahead of Jack Heflin. <laughs> he's behind him in my book. <laughs> oh, I think you I think you were polite when you described the rowdy as meh. That's brutal. Oh, sorry, that's Ben's. That you guys can have him. Definitely won the trade here, wink, wink, when it comes to the Green Bay Packers and who they got. All right. Yeah, and obviously it wasn't a trade, but it, it was yes. player and coaches swaps, and whew, that's to, not a good look for the for the Raiders. Stinks to high heaven right We've there. seen enough of them. Maybe Devontae is like, hey, you guys can come on down. All right. <laughs> There's no way Devontae Adams okayed that. You think Devontae Adams thought we're hiring who? 
Devontae Adams considered changing his position to quarterback just to have more of a say and said, absolutely no, we don't want Mo Drayton or Tyler Lancaster. The Packers special teams were so bad at a point in press conferences when Devontae was up there to, you know, obviously field questions. The reporters were asking him if he would go back to field punts and kickoffs. Devontae Adams, when asked about what he thought of Tyler Lancaster and Mo Drayton goes, hold on, let me go to my phone and show you some plays from the last couple seasons. Because <laughs> yeah. I know he's done that with his routes and some of the plays that he's made. Well, he's got to have the special teams huddle film. I think what he was looking for, Rowdy, was a hot key that we have here. More evidence that everyone listens. Devontae Adams asked about Mo Drayton, Tyler Lancaster. So let me play you a clip. You know, statistically not great. I'll tell you that much. To bring it full circle is Brett Hundley signing with... The Ravens. All right, speaking of quarterbacks, how would you describe Jordan Love then and his prowess as quarterbacking? Meh? I don't even know how to describe Jordan Love. It's kind of like it's it's blank. Ben, would you be able to describe Jordan Love and his quarterbacking prowess for the Green Bay Packers? It's It's blank, I agree. I think it's trending towards not the guy. I am already there of it being not the guy. Jordan Love, though, comments from him saying he is more confident than he's ever been heading into year three. I think it's just being comfortable with the plays, really. Um, we're starting off with, you know, some basic stuff, install one and, and building on. So just having a good foundation and knowing what I'm doing, obviously with some younger guys out there, that's where you got to rely on just knowing what you're doing. All right. Well, you know, confidence is a good thing. See, my thing with my thing with Jordan Love is I feel like I will be able to completely rubber stamp a position on Jordan Love by the end of, by the end of the season if not by the end of the preseason of this upcoming year. Well, here's a benefit of Rodgers now being at OTAs and who knows if it'll be a training camp coming up here in July, but for OTAs, he is now Jordan Love that is getting first team reps. He's asked whether his mindset is different this year than last in regards to one Aaron Rodgers. And now that he has a contract. Going into it, it was kind of the same because you didn't know what was going to happen. And obviously now that you know, he signed, he's back, I don't think it changes anything for me. Like I said, I'm still here. I'm still going to do my job. And I'm competing to try and be that guy if he wasn't here, if he is here. So, uh, and, and like he said, he's not here right now, so I'm getting all those one reps. So I look at it as I'm the guy right now. So that's how I look at it. Jordan Love is never... He's never said anything wrong or have done anything anything wrong, right? Jordan Love's always done and said all the right stuff. The thing that he did wrong was being Jordan Love. And by my me saying being Jordan Love, it was the fact that he was drafted. Yeah. And it's I mean, that's no fault of it. He's still making a lot of money, don't get it wrong. But yeah, he thought he'd probably be the heir apparent to the Packers to being like, "All right, uh, what am I going to do now? Now that Rodgers has a contract." Uh with that uh, Jordan Love says he's happy for Rodgers. Um, I mean, I think that's Aaron's game plan is to, you know, he doesn't really need this this time right now. So uh, I enjoy it and not being here. It just means more reps for me, more reps for everybody else in the quarterback room. So um, obviously I'm loving it. What, what do you think happens first, boys? Rodgers retires or Jordan Love finds a new team? Jordan Love finds a new team. Rodgers retires. Really? I don't see them trading him because no other team thinks he's good. Unless he goes crazy in the preseason and then they can get value. You don't uh, think you could get rid of Jordan Love right now for a fifth-round pick? I, you could, but I don't know why the Packers would. For that price, you might as well keep him as a backup. Uh, I do kind of want to disagree with Jordan Love's mistake as being Jordan Love because in college, he, he lit the world up at Utah State. So Gary Anderson became And then coach. the next year, Gary Anderson came and he played like crap. So that's probably why he fell. 
So I can blame so Gary ben, Anderson for all of this. So it is and the I summertime. Despise Gary Anderson. We are starting to get into the well, not the middle of summer. It's the beginning of summer, kind of. But once we hit the middle of sem- uh, of summer, like around early July, kind of like around the baseball All Star break, we normally had a thing called D Bag of the Week, and we have a ultimate D Bag. Gary Anderson won the first ever ultimate D Bag. Yeah, the inaugural bag. Can't stand him. Like anything he ever touches kind of turns to crap. He's the opposite of the Midas touch. He's the crappy touch. Turns to poo. He stinks. Jordan Love. More from him talking about how he is. uh, So so real quick before I play this about him being happy for Rodgers. Can you guys think of anything that Jordan Love has done besides, you know, losing to the Chiefs? And his rookie year missing a wide open net in practice that people got mad about. Can you think of anything that Jordan Love has done that is wrong? Was that maybe not get his family better tickets at Arrowhead Stadium? Maybe he was late delivering Lafleur and Rogers their coffee. <laughs> Can you think of, I like what has Jordan Love done that, that's painted him in a bad light? It's nothing, right? That didn't necessarily play well. <clears throat> excuse me, in games that he was allowed to play in, like yeah. the Kansas City game or the Detroit game, and we kind of expected that, right? Like. I don't think this guy's going to be at the level of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, well, he always says the right things. Here's Love talking about he's happy for Aaron Rodgers with this new deal. Take a listen. Yeah, I mean, I was super happy for Aaron. Obviously, uh, the dude deserves it, obviously, what he's done the last two years. But, you know, personally for me, it's, it just means that, you know, I'm about to be a backup again for this year. That's all I can control right now. But, uh, you know, I was, I was happy for Aaron, but at the same time, it's like, ah, you know. Uh, does he feel good about the wide receiver room? Um, I think we got a lot of weapons, obviously. Uh, bringing up some new guys. The rookies that are here right now, I think they're doing a, a really good job so far. You know, just keep learning and second them on. But I think they're a really good group of receivers. And obviously the guys we have here, I think highly of. I've got a chance to you know be around them and play with them. So I think we have a really good receiver room. If, God forbid, Aaron Rodgers, the four-time MVP, goes down, and then Jordan Love is given, let's say, a full season with the Packers. Are they a playoff team in the weak NFC North? You're telling me Jordan Love plays an entire year? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers goes down game one? God forbid. I would say currently then I would take the Vikings clearly being better than the Packers. Oof. I mean, they're, they are currently what most people would say are the number two or the second best team in this conference, correct? Correct. I would probably say just blindly I would rather have Detroit's quarterback Jared Goff I'd rather have Jared Goff Mm. and the question marks would be Jordan Love and they would be Justin Fields and I would say the roster on paper for the Packers is clearly better than the than the uh, Bears so I would say Vikings won and then there will be kind of a dogfight for for two but I would probably give a slight edge to the Lions oh just because of Jared Goff being a better quarterback. We know what Jared Goff is. He's not great, but he's not terrible. It's also the Lions. Yeah, but they've put a decent draft together. I mean, they played really hard last year and won a, lost a bunch of really close games. We know that they're going to play hard. I would say definitely one Vikings. Man. I think the two would be a fight between the Lions and the Packers. I'll just give it just based yeah, off of Lions. better quarterbacking Oof. that we know of to the Lions, and the Bears are definitely still in the cell. Packers might have a top five defense, though. Defense wins you games. Yeah, but I also said don't get too far over your skis here. It's all on paper. Speaking of skiing, Ben, I did not have to ski. I didn't have to do the hot dog 
which turned out to be oh, French no, no, fries. Actually, time out real and quick. Pizza. Real quick. We talk about Lions Packers head to head. We saw Jordan Love play a half of football against the Lions the last week of the season. He didn't look very good against the Lions, and we know the Lions are only going to get better from where they were at that point. How many wins do you think Aaron Rodgers is worth in Vegas? Well, at his at his height, it was like between ten and ten and a half wins. You mean with Rodgers, they were an eleven win team. Without him, they were a one win team. Correct. I don't think it's Rogers, that high. I think it's four or five. No, when no. Rod, at his peak, he was like a ten win quarterback. Or, also, at his peak, for a, he would move a line by was it ten points? It was over ten points. Yeah. Ten points on a line. I mean, on a win total. Well, look at look at what they did with all those backups when he was out. They couldn't even buy wins. We were celebrating Scott Tolzien ties with the Vikings. They had to go to overtime to beat Deshaun Kaiser. A ten win player feels a little steep. It but, could be steep, but, but I'm telling peak, you. At, in his peak, when you look at the backups that he had, huh. What's the research department they was? were bad. Yeah. Like Matt, that was the He's, second round is one of, of the Flynn. biggest line movers in the history of the NFL. Yeah. And, and Matt Flynn being like in his second, second stint with the Packers wasn't as good as Matt Flynn before he signed with the Seahawks. Like 2011 Rogers. But there was, no, I'm talking like the, the QBR, the greatest QBR ever. 20, 2014, 2015, like those Aaron Rodgers years, 2016. I mean, he was amazing from like, what, 2010 to 2016. All right. I found an article. I, he's worth between this is back in 2013 when he was at least somewhat in his peak between seven and a half and eight points a game. And I, I feel like that can be extrapolated out to what five, six wins over the course of a year. 10 is like uh, it, no, no player in the NFL. 10 goes, might've been a little overzealous, but it was definitely at his peak was 10, 10 and a half points on a line. Yeah. But I bring that all up to say, Packers win total right now is at 11. The Vikings are at nine. The bears and lions are tied at six and a half right now. I would make the argument that even with Jordan love, the Packers finish second behind the Vikings and go into a wild card spot. Oof. But, that's, but that says more the about defense their schedule is the insane. The defense is really good and they'll just run the hell out of the football. If Jordan love looks like he did against Kansas city and Detroit in that game and a half, I have a hard time believing that that would be a playoff well, how, team. How about you listen to this, Rowdy, and tell me if you change your opinion on Jordan Love. He says he's more confident than ever. Like every year I've been here, it's just when you come back, it's more confidence and just more comfortable with the system, um, knowing what's going on a little bit more, get to learn a little bit more um, once you get comfortable with the system. So, yeah. I don't give a damn what Jordan Love <laughs> says. I need to see him play on the field. Oh, one more from Jay Love quick saying it was big getting out and playing last year. I think just getting out there and being able to play, it was huge. Um, and, you know, obviously it's a process being a quarterback in the NFL. And the more reps you can get in that game, it, it helps. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of takeaways, that things that I wish I can uh, do better. And then obviously things I felt I did good. So uh, just trying to work on, on uh, those things, tightening the details and whatnot. Man, I don't want to live in a world where the Lions are second and the Packers are third. See, I think it would be, I think it would really would be a dogfight if we think Detroit takes the step that they could potentially take because that's a, that's a team that plays hard and that's one big thing. I was thinking if you're showing effort, I mean it goes a long way. I was thinking teams like I always say that like the Jags or the Lions. I know the Browns say it a lot. It's always like, well, th- we just had a great draft. And We're going to take that next step. Then they never do. When I say when I say that Detroit could be that second best team, if they are, there isn't going to be two teams from the the North that make the playoffs. <laughs> 